previously on Lost in Narration. Matthew and Eric find themselves stuck in a vast abandoned library. With no hope of escape, they resolve to read the library's many books. Books about a pair of aliens hoodwinked by Bigfoot while on a hunt for the leader of Earth. Books about an immortal billionaire chopped up and buried by his irritable assassin. Books about a team of superheroes and their tireless struggle against rapidly approaching meteors. And books about a Pulitzer-winning journalist and his woolly companion who will stop at nothing to put a stop to wicked multinational bad-to-worse industries. This is Lost in Narration. Hey man, I'm sorry for flying off the handle. Off the handle? Um, yeah, um, I guess you did fly, fly off the handle, it was pretty fucked up. Um, but uh, I'm glad you've, I'm glad you've, uh, had time to, to cool down and, uh, Come to your senses. I'm assuming you, that means you're you're not gonna be doing the the those interviews you were talking about. Uh, well, well, what you did was more fucked up, but uh, no, I'm still doing the interviews. Oh, okay. That that does explain why I passed like four people on my way in here. I was wondering what the fuck we yeah. were doing, queuing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, I didn't think you'd like be here today. I thought maybe you were. Where the fuck else would I be, room. man? Where the fuck else know. would I be? I was hoping that you would have gone somewhere. No. If I would have gone, then show's over, right? I would have gotten my wish. Show's over, right? Yeah. yeah. Would have gotten my wish. So what? You're just going to... I'm just going to stand in the corner of this room and you're just going to call someone in and fucking enter them, interview them to, 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 to replace me? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. All right. Well, okay. Um, let's, let's, let's get on with it then. Let's go with it then, I guess. Yeah, don't like, don't start the interviews for me. I'll start it. Daniel, thank you so much for coming into this interview today. Um, first things first, I have just a couple questions for you, and we're gonna end up replacing Matthew, as you know. Um, it's not, it's not working out between us, and something needs to change. Something you needs said, to change. you said, as you know, and as yeah. you probably know. You have brought me here under uh, curious circumstances, to put it lightly. Right, right. Um, I didn't want to be here. Where is my wife, by the way? Well, I explained it all in the letter. Um, <laughs> well, I, well I, was, I was taken from my home, so I couldn't check the mail, yeah. right? Mm. I don't think you timed that appropriately. <laughs> I did not think about that. I did Wait, not think Eric, about that. Eric, sorry, I'm here. Yeah. Are you writing the letter right now? Well, no, no, I, I like, I mean, I'm writing a copy, of course, but because you always have to keep a copy of everything you send, but I'm, I like sent it as I just like kind of threw it and figured it would get to you. Last time I was here, um, Matt's brain was bad. Now your brain is bad. Do you guys take turns hitting each other over the head with like a book or something? And, uh, is that, is that what's happening here? I don't think so i think my brain's doing real good let me ask you the first question you have amnesia <laughs> first question do you love me um well what is love really i mean i think loki said it best when he said love is a dagger and i think you've stabbed me in the back multiple times in a dagger-like fashion and so i guess in that way this is love Sorry, who the fuck is Loki? You know who... Uh, yeah, I mean, I know you've been in We've here been for the series. For 
You've been in here for this series. No. <laughs> what? For the series? No, we missed the you've first. You've been in here. You think you've been um, in here for years? Like 20 Marvel movies, actually. Not because of the There's library. There's like not a we lot just... of windows. I can't like tell what time it is. Or day, for that matter. There is a clock in here. Can you not read an analog clock? Has there been a clock? Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, did you know there was a clock? I could probably... I like to think I could tell the time by looking at an analog clock just right off the bat, but it has been years. Yeah, it has been years. Why has it been years? Because, you know, my phone's... Sorry, but but out of the interview, right? But out of the interview. (laughs) It's fair. Me me but out of the interview? No, you stay. (laughs) Uh, Second question. Will you divorce Allison and quit House Decided to be with me in this library? Well, um, quitting house decided. That's a really complex question. And it reminds me of another story. You see, there's a tale of a frog and a scorpion. And the frog um, offered the scorpion a ride across the pond. And the, But the frog said, uh, you're not going to sting me in the back and kill me. And the scorpion said, no, 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 why would I do that? And uh, uh, the frog said, okay, I trust you. And so the frog let the scorpion on his back, and they rode across the pond. And then when they got across the pond, the scorpion stabbed the frog in the back with his stinger. And the frog said, why did you do that? And the fro- and the scorpion said, it's in my nature. So I hope that answers your question. Well, no. Um, third question What's your favorite accent? Actually, that's to do weird. I actually, I was gonna Sorry, interject go and ask if you had a sort of parable about a, a frog and a scorpion. So, um, I guess that's one. Yeah, of the so you can go ahead and tick that. You can tick that yeah. box off right now. <laughs> Circumvented one question and answered a different one. Sorry, but don't have questions for this interview replacing you, right? <laughs> I have dozens. I have dozens. He cares about his his position. Exactly. Just leave it in good hands. Well, he's bad at it. Well, exactly. That's why they're here. Third question: What's your favorite accent to do, and why? Well, <laughs> I'll have you know that my favorite accent to do is an offensive Frenchman, specifically one in the culinary field. It goes a little something like this: Oh, wait, wait, wait! <laughs> so, uh, a little taste for you. <laughs> That I felt so like good. you I felt like you might ask to hear it, so went ahead. Thank you so much. That is a perfect answer. So far, you're like two out of uh three. Excuse me? Um question number four. What happened to us? Well, you got trapped in a library for what you say is years what i recall to be as months but you know that's neither here nor there you have been trapped here for um an indeterminate there are months amount of in time. a year so it's a, it's a yes or no question that... <laughs> no it wasn't <laughs> yeah it wasn't <laughs> just just one um, to... <laughs> okay well in that case what happened to us no <laughs> That's fair. There you have it, Eric. <laughs> now, if you could please, um, we're going to dis- well, I'll, I'll discuss with myself, because again, Matthew's not part of this. Um, but he has questions. He, hmm. doesn't, he doesn't deserve them. Seems like a part um, of it to me as well. 
What was that? Nothing. All right. I really need this job. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If you could just uh, step away for a little bit, I'll, I'll come back to you. Allison, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, in uh, our replacement of Matthew. You. I'm not, I don't think you can say that to somebody that you have kidnapped. Well, did, did you get the letter? Uh, no, there was no letter. Uh, some no letter. Okay. random strange man just came to the house and tore Daniel and I apart. And here I am. So then like, so, okay. So you also didn't get the letter. That's not also I, is where Daniel the letter's here? going. I don't know. Huh? What are no, you there's other people. About? There's other people. Um, we have okay. a lot of candidates. A lot of people want this job. The question, the first. Um, so you're scared of books? Yes, we established that last time I was here. Yeah. Yeah. Why? So I'm not sure why you brought me back here. Why are you scared of books? Well, you know. Books are painful and they hurt me. One time when I was when I was small, uh, a bookshelf fell on top of me. And I was stuck there for a while and I had to read the books that were around me. Otherwise, I would have, you know, gone crazy or something. We have so much in common. I (laughs) can't believe this didn't come up. So I really, yeah, so since ever since that happened, you know, I just, I, I made a vow I would never read a book for fun. That's, that's fair. That's a terrifying tale. (laughs) Well. Of being young. Yeah. Of being young. That's that's where you go from. from, We don't have enough time. (laughs) A tale of youth. (laughs) Everyone has one, all right? It's not just me. Now, will that deter you from joining me in the library Absolutely, and divorcing will, Daniel? Yes. And yes, it would uh-huh. definitely. Yeah, I'm not sure That's why you think that it wouldn't. Help. Really, not the answer I was looking for. Yeah, I'm not sure why you brought me here. <laughs> um. Well, I think you'd be great for the job. Did a bookcase also fall on you and maybe damage your head a little in the process? I mean. It's possible. It's okay. possible that Matthew right. has tried to kill me in my sleep. I would never know. Oh, Matthew? You can't. Um, High five. You can't prove that. So. Third question. <laughs> Favorite food to eat? Uh, let's see. Veering um, off topic, right? Probably huh? uh, just, just some meat. Specifically just the like dried in general. kind. No, just the dried, Ooh, dried meat. Yeah, like, like beef jerky. No. 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 So then like like a dry steak? Just a steak that has been out for a while, very I guess. Much. No. <laughs> if you could be any animal in the world, what would you be? It's a really hard question, I think. Because I would instinctively say cat, but honestly, mm-hmm. cats have really sucky lives most of the time. So true. Uh, I'm gonna go with a dog, but like a really mixed mutt of a dog, mm-hmm. because they're really the specific. healthiest, you know. But one are they the healthy? I wouldn't say really are. specific. Probably the opposite. 
I probably want to be well, like a mix. Let me get more specific. All right, then sorry. Okay, I'd ahead. really <laughs> but be a mix of like a, a beagle and um, a German shepherd. And mm-hmm. there may be some other things like sprinkled in there, you know, from the past. Very good. Really Very mixed, good. really Very mixed. Uh, so then there might be some, some. let's see, what's a really good swimming dog? Uh, an English pointer. I don't know if they're good at swimming, but sure. I know they're really good at hunting. So that's a good thing to have. That is a good thing to have. Yeah, yeah. I imagine this would you be a really well-shaped dog, you know. They can breathe really well. They can run really fast. That, that would be me. So... Unfortunately, that's not the answer I was looking for because if you got the job, you would be stuck in a library and not an animal. So, well, I'm not really sure up in the air. where that question came from then, um, but I'm glad. Well, I was sort of hoping you would say human. So, well, not great. I hate to break it to you, but I I don't know if humans count as an animal. Humans are the scariest animal. Well, we we can go into that all day and let's let's not. Um, (laughs) So we won't. (laughs) Can I go home now, Matthew? Get out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry, have I been in here now, uh, Daniel? If you could uh, come join us again. Um, Okay, here I come. You guys are back together. Look, you guys are here. Together, yeah. who would have thought? I mean, I but only one of you can get the job. Is it gonna be him? So we're gonna have to. Well, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> who knows? Oh. Your answers were pretty similar. I don't I have, think so. I have um, one uh, follow-up question for the interview. Usually, the sure, interviewer will ask, like, "Do you have any questions for me?" So, just a little note on your part. Oh yeah. Uh, to be a little bit more professional next time. Um, yeah. <laughs> are you going to pay us in books if we get this job? I will indeed pay you in books. I do not want and yeah, other things that I find. Job. I just told you well, that I never want to read. Unfortunately, book. I mean... unfortunately, we kidnapped you, so you kind of have to stay here for a little bit, right? That's the most menacing you've ever been. That's the most outright <laughs> you've been about what a villain you are. Except when that man showed up I'm at our house. Not, I'm not a villain. Hopefully, you guys get the letter at some point because, like, it explains. Yeah, if you let us leave, we might. Unless the um, like first, the postal service seized it, unless because you it really probably, did just throw it in, and it's just like in the corner or something yeah. here, it was probably seized. It by might just the, be in the corner. Uh, the That's postal service. Might just be. Unfortunately, though, like we're gonna have to read a book, and you guys are gonna read with me, oh. right? Sorry, did you did you get cut excited? A, did you just cut a book to look like a gun? Did you shave a book down in the shape of a hand pistol? I had to get you guys to read it somehow right <laughs> i'm not convinced by the gun but i mean i guess if we're gonna really? be here maybe we can wait until you fall asleep and then we can sneak out okay so yeah, yeah we'll fine. we'll read a book if that lulls you to sleep there is there's one small problem we what? do need a narrator hey Hello. matthew yeah uh-huh you want to narrate um bag no all right, I'll do it. Oh, okay. Really, really simple. Um, <laughs> see how like easy it is to just kind of like mold his mind into like what you want. So what's the what's the book even called, man? It's um, I picked a good one. It's called the uh, the grand finale part one. I really can't believe you. What else was I supposed to do? Not pretend I was the leader of Earth, therefore taking the greatest decision the globe had ever faced into my incapable hands. 
Yes. Yeah. All right. My bad. Funbun, Bobblewob, and Bigfoot are all slumped in a League of Nice Planets brand jail cell. Mere days after they'd absconded to travel the universe together, they'd been intercepted and teleported to the League's headquarters, a gigantic satellite far, far away from Earth. Bobblewob looks over at Funbun. It could be worse, Funbun. We could not have such cool names, for example. You're not off the hook either. If you hadn't lied about setting the wrong coordinates for Earth, none of this would have happened. We'd have found the actual leader of Earth and... Well, all of the humans would have been eviscerated by now, is my best guess. You say that like it truly would have been the best case scenario, which is concerning. Of course it's not best case, but it's better than this. Is it? If I hadn't messed up the coordinates, we wouldn't have met this nice fella. Bobowob nods at Bigfoot. Bigfoot nods back. Funbun shakes their head. So fucking what? He lied to us. We confided in him and all along he was playing us for fools. Honestly, when we're all hanged for this, I really hope we all get separate rooms. Is that really how they execute people on this massive space satellite? Hanging? I wouldn't know. I've never actually been executed before. Yeah, I was actually getting pretty good at avoiding it until you came along. It's true. You were very good at not being executed. Thank you, Bobowop. Your praise means a lot to me. But also, fuck you. An alien prison guard strikes the bars with her alien palm. Settle down, settle down. Sorry, Officer Trump. Didn't mean to disturb you. What? Oh no, I'm on the phone. You need to settle down, Gary. You won't be an immortal space god forever. Sorry, one of the aliens is called Trump, but another alien is called Gary? They're a space god, not an alien. Yeah, she did specify that Gary was a space god. That means so little to me, obviously. What did you expect to get out of this relationship in the first place? No, I hung up. I'm talking to Fun Bun. Oh, I, uh... Just kidding. Oh yeah, we all have to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So much needed levity. Thank you. Right. But I did hang up. So it's time for your sentencing. And likely execution. Oh. Trump unlocks the cell door and slides it open. She leads the trio to their fate, which is just down the hall. They reach the courtroom. Good morning, Judge Jaundice. It's not morning. We're on a satellite floating in space. Then why do we have clocks in every room? Decoration! It's also why we have toilets in every room. It looks nice. Oh, well, I have Fun Bun, Bobblewub, and Bugfoot here for their sentencing. Mmm. Mmm, these three. Mm-mm-mm. Well, well, you three, you fucked it. To put it plainly, you've just absolutely gone and fucked everything. It's all... God, I can hardly think of a word. Fucked? It's all fucked. You've really let the side down with this one, folks. Absolutely fucking abysmal. When I first saw this report, I was like, damn, is this Comic Sans? Who fucking wrote this thing? Jane? Can we get Jane in here? And we got Jane in there. And at first, she acted coy, but I knew she was the one that fucking wrote it, because her name was on the thing. And I'm putting her on blast for the, you know, Comic Sans thing, and I'm fucking screaming at her, and she's blubbering. She's weeping. Weeping, weeping, weeping. And then we tossed her out. Like, into space? Speak only when spoken to! I won't tell you again! <laughs> 
Yes, into space. Right out into it. She's with the stars now. She's dead. Speak only when spoken to. I won't tell you again. Right, she's dead. Wait, Comic Sans? Like the fallen. Uh, on the report for these three? That very report? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, that that was me, actually. What? I wrote that report in Comic Sans. Did you really? That was me. Yeah. That's pretty fucking funny, actually. <laughs> right? How is that funny? I really feel like Jane would have gotten a real kick out of that one. Shame. We'll probably never know for sure. How could we ever possibly know her corpse is floating in space? God, I'm just looking over this report again and damn! Damn, damn, damn! Y'all really pooched the screw on this one, my god! Would you mind giving us maybe any specifics? So far, you could have been talking about literally any case. For all we know, you're just illiterate installing. Judge Jaundice looks up, catches Bigfoot's eye. What did you <clears throat> just say to me? I... I mean, I was kidding. It was in jest. No. What the fuck did you just say to me? It was a, a light-hearted little tiny jab, because you really hadn't gone into any specifics. I can read. Yeah, I, I believe you. I mean, you're a judge. I can so fucking read. You, God, how dare you even suggest that I, I'm a judge for crying out sakes. What, you think a judge has somehow acquired his position as a judge and retained his position as a judge for 16 years, even though he can't read? What a load of... What a load of baloney, man. Really, I didn't mean anything by it. We we can just drop it and get on with the uh, executions or whatever. Tell you what, Big Shot. How's about we have ourselves a little reading bee? Not a thing. Reading B? Reading B. Trump here will write down three words in English on a piece of paper. Whoever can't read them all loses. Really, we don't have to. Bubble Wob steps forward. What say we make this interesting? If Bigfoot wins this, how did you put it, reading B? And as you say, a preposterous notion indeed, you lighten our sentence. Make it however light as you want, so long as we're not executed. Ha! You know what? You're all on. But if I win, you're all fucking dead. Even Trump. What? Why? Uh, Bigfoot, you know how to read, right? What the fuck did you think I was doing in that cave all those years? Learning how to read every word in the English language, obviously. And crying. Judge Jaundice, let's do this thing. Speak only when spoken to. I won't ask again. We're so far past that. Let's do this thing. I must go on the record and say I strongly object to such juvenile court proceedings. Judge Jaundice, everybody knows you can read. You don't have anything to prove. Write those fucking words, Trump. Trump sighs and writes down three words on a piece of paper. All right, I guess I'll show you the first word. 
to both of you, and you can both say what you think it is after the count of three. Works for me. Sure, sure. Sounds good. Trump slides a piece of paper over to Bigfoot. The first word is dog. Bigfoot nods. Trump passes the piece of paper up to Judge Jaundice. All color leaves his face. <clears throat> I forfeit. For real? Dog. Right, man? Three-letter word. This guy's a judge? And one of the league's finest, too. How? You were so adamant about the reading bee. You suggested it. Does this mean lightened sentence? Yes, I suppose it does. You'll be glad to hear that your executions are now off the table. Fuck yeah. God, it's a good thing you suggested those terms, Bobble Wop. So you're not mad at me anymore? I dunno, that'd be a, a pretty quick arc. Just give it give it a little more time. Instead, I sentence you to God, this is a pretty light, even given the circumstances. But a meteor will be sent to entirely eviscerate planet Earth. And that's it. Huh? Well, they got off easily last time, what with all your meddling. The league still requires their sacrifice. They set a very bad example, you understand. But the ultimatum. Right, yeah, the Bigfoot ultimatum. I remember. It's void. Of course it's void. Trust me, this is the best you're gonna get. You could always not send a meteor to destroy my home planet. No! Okay. How long will the meteor take to get to Earth? Well, a while. A few decades, maybe. Who knows, maybe by then Earth will have superheroes capable of stopping shit like this. Oh, please, don't be ridiculous. Superheroes don't exist. And if they did exist, I'm sure the ones on Earth would have found a way to get almost entirely wiped out by a disgruntled former associate called something dumb like Meteorologist Man or something. Hey, uh, humans aren't that useless. Meteorologist Man? Come on. You're right, I'm sorry. I'd never get... It'd never get that bad. I got carried away. Judge Jaundice, are we at least allowed to follow the meteor to Earth? Maybe try to overtake it and stop it somehow? Speak only when spoken to! I won't tell you again! Really sporadic with that. Hmm. Yeah, sure. Follow it. Do whatever you want. Not sure how you'd stop this thing, though. Pretty fucking big. Big fucking chonker, this thing. Big boy. We're talking big. Bubble Up turns to Fun Bun and Bigfoot. You hear that? Maybe we could still save Earth. You'd both really be alright with spending decades of your lives trying to overtake a meteor in the off chance we could save my home? I never said I was on board. But are you? I mean, yeah, I have fuck else to do, but don't just assume that. Then it's settled. We best get back to our ship. Farewell, you alien scum! Offensive. Officer Trump, please show these three back to their ship. Trump leads them out of the room. Y'all got off really light today, like they'd already warmed the nooses. They warmed the nooses before hangings? That's thoughtful. They get to their ship, and Bubble Wob opens the door. A human woman in old Tammy clothing sprints out and past them, screaming. Trump tases her, and she collapses. I really, really, really forgot we had an actual human woman on our ship. That's what a human looks like? Ew! It's so... 
Bubble Wop turns to Fun Bun. Did you use the fingerprint scanner to unfreeze her before we left the ship? I figured maybe she'd be our deus ex machina. She'd wake up and come save our asses from being executed. Little did we know we wouldn't need a deus ex machina, and we'd be saved by something entirely logical and earned. The judge not knowing how to read. So, y'all taking this chick or what? Trump is holding the woman arm's length, grimacing at the sheer baldness of her. I suppose she's our responsibility, right? I don't know. Maybe she'd be safer up here. Just so you know, she would probably be tossed into space within the hour if you left her here. Judge Jaundice doesn't take too kindly to that person from another planet that's been frozen in a spaceship for centuries and has no idea what the fuck is going on type shit. You know that from experience? You'd be surprised. And I guess he's coming with us. Bigfoot, Bobo, and Fun Bun get into the spaceship. Trump drops the human woman on the floor. Did you have to lift her up as high as possible before you dropped her? Trump looks down at the woman and shudders. At that moment, the ship shakes. The whole satellite shakes, in fact, for a meteor is blasting off just below their feet, beginning its long, long journey to Earth. Funbun straps himself into the pilot's chair. That's our cue. Was nice meeting you, Officer Trump. Try not to get tossed into space, yeah? <laughs> Good idea. The door slides shut, and the ship starts its claim. Well, Earth, see you in multiple decades. I hope there's food trucks on the way. I'm fucking starving. Jesus. Rufus, I am absolutely cheesed that you're here today. Um, I just have a couple okay. questions for you. Like, yeah. You know why we're here. We're replacing Matthew. I don't. I didn't know that. Replacing me, yeah. Did you not? Sorry, did you not get the letter? Yeah, no, you just ushered me into this library. Like, yeah, I don't know, 10 seconds ago. And by the way, the whole conceit of this is that, like, you guys can't leave, and I just entered, mm-hmm. like, two seconds ago. Well, you opened the door to, to get me inside. Well, yeah, we can't leave. Other people can come in. It's like a whole... It's like a door. Um, yeah, no, so, yeah, it's kinda, so yeah. if it is a door, you can leave then, right? No, not really. It's kind of weird that you didn't get the letter, because, like, this is the third time now that I've sent mm-hmm. a letter. It hasn't gotten to you. Yeah. Um. Again, you don't, you really don't have good. my address. You don't have my address. Well, I wrote Rufus. Yeah. Yeah, you wrote on what? Like a piece of paper. And then what? And then I like I wrote like what why I was bringing you into the interview. There's several the other, other steps that you neglected to take. Well, you wrote Rufus on the what, envelope. What? There's only so many Rufuses in the world. Eventually, one of them is going to get to yeah. you. You know. Yeah, but like you could do the due diligence. You could have asked me for my address. I still would have said no. Yeah, but, but then you, you wouldn't didn't have come even to do the that. Interview. Yeah, I. You told me we were getting food. You told me that this is, yeah. hey, I know I've stood you up several times to go to dinner, but I am I feel really bad about it, and I finally wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, take you out for some tacos, and then this is So unfortunately, happened. yeah, we don't have food here, but uh-huh. we can go out for dinner. Probably not. I'm busy. But you just said you couldn't leave. You just said you couldn't leave. Yeah, no, leave. I'm stuck in the library, talking so about I, can't, going out. I can't go to dinner, yeah. If you if you don't mind, I just want to get into the questions. Uh, I yeah okay yeah fine. Uh, first question: If you were president, what would your platform be? Well, you're gonna want something solid because the most embarrassing thing for a politician is you're giving a speech and then like the bottom literally falls out from not only your career but 
the stage that you're on. So I'm going to want some reinforced wood. Yeah, ideally some rebar enforced steel, really, honestly, would be the best option. Um, but then you also have the issue of you can't, like, if you're giving, doing stump speeches and such, you can't, like, take it down and put it back up really quickly. So I feel like it's a balance between portability, ease of setup, as well as, like, structural integrity. And that is the other thing is good politicians, it's all about integrity, right? If the people don't trust yeah. you, like... And I trust they're you. not going to vote for you. And yeah, and they have to trust your physical platform as well as your political one. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's not exactly what I meant. And then I would also be like, yeah, because the law the anti- on the, the physical, yeah. the physical aspect. Um, yeah. The uh-huh. steel. Well, I mean, what else is there? Stop the steel. Like, if you will, the, the country kind of runs itself really yeah. at this point. It's been around it's also- for so long. That it's kind of a self-perpetuating machine. All they need is, like, a guy to, like, th- so that they can say it's up there. But, like, he doesn't do anything. Right, right. He's, he's just a figurehead. So, uh, like, the whole... My answer I wanted mm-hmm. was, like, I wouldn't be president. Name one be thing Abraham Lincoln did. Name one thing Abraham Lincoln did. Like, I don't know. Sign a, yeah. sign yeah. a fucking theater and enjoyed himself. To the very yeah, end. He yeah. He didn't even do that right. Like, I mean, he did yeah. fuck that. He did fuck that. Up. He died doing yeah. what he loved. He couldn't. He couldn't and freaking stick the landing. <laughs> Jesus, was fucked with his skin. Question number two. <laughs> Favorite up? place to vacation? Is that it? Okay. Yeah. Sounds like um, it could be another tr- trick. Trick question there. I don't think no. It's yeah. I, I like. I mean, I like. Disneyland, I've been there a couple times. That's mm-hmm. fun. Yosemite National Park mm-hmm. here in California is great. Sure, um, sure. Yeah. One of the most like beautiful places that I've, I've ever heard. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was kind of hoping you'd say a library. So why do you, you wanted me to say a library to both questions? Even though none of them had anything yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah. I don't want this job. I never I, said I wanted it. Well, you're in the running for it, so. You better get ready to accept I, the offer. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was um, running for president. You you aren't. You never will. Okay. Cut that out. You're not old enough. Move on. Third question. Moving on. Read the room. Third, third question. I want to get this over with fast. Third, third question. You know the sun? Pretty crazy, right? The sun. Well, I think the most interesting part of the Holy Trinity is actually the Holy Spirit. Because, like, I mean, I feel like it's kind of self-explanatory what God is, the Father, really, and the Son being Jesus, H. Christ. And then the Holy Spirit is kind of this vague force, honestly. Is it... Yeah. I mean... You stuttered a lot for a second. Yeah. Well... It's you want to be fast when you say things. That that's what my yeah, dad always said. Is that he, he always said, "Don't think before you speak. Spew shit out your pie hole, and people will kind of think that it's believable." Speaking of and that's always running for president. <laughs> now that's now that's topical humor right there. <laughs> no, why? Because it's twenty sixteen. Okay, and that's canon. You fucker. Were you gonna say something else after that, or just speaking yeah. of it? No, he's gonna. No, I mean, I'm. I, you know what? <laughs> you know what, Eric? Me and you are done. I'm replacing you. You fucker. Yeah. 
Yeah, as no, soon as I'm already doing that, done. I can't like, yeah. All right, moving on. I'm gonna smite Question you, number four. No, listener, then, huh? Fate. Question number four. <laughs> Favorite book and why? Yeah. Okay. So you're gonna want me to say one of those like lost in narration bad books, right? So, um, I mean, if it be fine, I, if I'm gonna play along with this shitty carnival sideshow of a podcast um i like the intervention a lot really uh that might be Is my... it because ben was on it yeah ben, it was, was, ben was on it yeah ben was here and i i kind of feel like this i can still feel his body in this chair like no no he's he still here he like he never sitting left in, he never left yeah, look yeah, no, just because i can come like and you, go the, the asleep. door is right there there's a chance that you're no, 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 sitting in his lap right now Oh, really? Are you? I don't ben, know. get away from there. You, should you, know. you shouldn't be like, I don't know, maybe maybe this is legs. You should know that if it's not a chair. I guess we should know too. Cause yeah, we're well, I don't know. I just kind of sat down. You told me have a seat, mm-hmm. and I had one. So That's a weird thing, that we, why we say have a seat. Like, that's not a normal con- construction of a sentence for any other object. You why don't not? say that about anything else. Have, have a sandwich. A, Okay, maybe yeah. Okay, but prove me wrong. Why don't you? And Rufus's defense, um, you are consuming the sandwich. See, yeah. So I'm not right. stupid. And it's like you're telling someone to have an action. You know, like you right. don't say have and eat or something. Have a lie this down. is like have situational comedy almost. This is like fucking Seinfeld. At a certain yeah, no. So much point. of this is getting cut out. It's wild. When I was a How, child, <laughs> my mommy said, have a seat for the first time to me. And mm-hmm. I was always very literal. I'm sure you can imagine where this is going. I actually can't. I chomped the, I chomped the fucking chair. I ate the whole thing. I swallowed you a whole. A, you ate a chair? Yeah, I you had it. Chair. I had it for brunch. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. What's the next question? It never left me. Just, yeah. Uh, um, sometimes I cough up. Again, legs. this is why this is why I'm replacing. He's still going. This is why I'm replacing him yeah, because of the things he now. says. Mm-hmm. Actually, I might actually take the job. Yeah, it was timber. Thanks. Of how ab- like abrasive it was. Timber. Yeah. Want anyone to have? It was to a fine timber, actually. Yeah. It was an, an okay, okay timber. Yeah. Matthew. Okay. Next question. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Is there like can we like use yeah, I feel like is there something that we can gag him with? He'll he'll be quiet. I'm sorry, we don't do prop nope. comedy. He never has. He never what makes you say that? Yeah, you're nothing right. so nothing in your history should yeah. give you that. I, I want to have some faith. Up. I want to have some faith, but it's never there. Question the fifth and the last question. hmm Do you um you want to get some lunch after this? Yeah. I mean, that's well, I'm I stuck in a fucking library, you. and you will be you're too. Not. You're not obviously you right. When will he learn, Eric? Am I right? <laughs> oh my god! I just like you're in a this library. This guy, he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand that we're in a library. He doesn't yeah, get it. I don't. I really don't know. Comes in here hitting and fucking hollering. <laughs> now, the final part of this interview is uh, mm-hmm. reading a story. As you know, we read stories. <laughs> I, we read books. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. Can you, so yeah, do you want to read, read one with us? Or? Yeah, like I like Call of the Wild by Jack London. Like that's Oh, we don't have books. that. I was yeah, thinking we maybe that. we could do that. We really? That. 
There's literally thousands of books. You don't have any. Yeah, like, all the other ones. We could do Mark. All the, there's Mark Twain <laughs> is funny. That's a like crowd pleaser. You just Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn. We don't. Yeah, we don't have that either. We could do one of those. Yeah. No. Or like maybe some poetry. Dickinson. The row. No, we don't have. Yeah, we don't have poetry. Oh okay. So what what do you have? We actually have um, uh, the finale part two. Jerry Tuntbun opens his eyes. He sits up in the sand, groaning. Fucking hell. Squinting in the sun, he looks to his left, and there's an RV parked beside the hole he'd presumably been dragged from. The RV has an awning attached, and he can just make out a figure with long hair. Jerry smirks. Knew you'd come to your senses. How long have I been out? Uh, you got a new ride? Wendy emerges from under the awning. And Jerry slaps a palm to his gaping mouth. Are... Are you in... You're in makeup. You're in makeup. Uh, you're, you're teaching me a lesson. I'm sorry, Jerry. This... This can't be happening. This can't be happening. Hey, um... I get some points for digging you up, though, right? How long has it been? Tell me. How long? Forty years. Um... Almost exactly. Jerry puts his face in his hands. You... You stole my life. This is so much worse than just killing me. This is... You're playing God. Well, as I'm fairly certain we established 40 years ago, I couldn't kill you. I did my best, obviously, but... Would you rather I'd left you in the safes? Sure. I mean, I didn't particularly want to be dead. Yeah, I pieced that together. But I'd have preferred it to this. You're being dramatic. You've been reborn. You're in the future for crying out loud. I mean, we we have superheroes now. Shit. Really? Well, sort of. Most of them, most of the good ones sort of got massacred um, earlier this week. Jesus. What, uh, what else is there in the future? Uh, huh, really, over the over the superhero thing already. Uh, okay. Um, we also have uh, that. Wendy points behind Jerry up at the sky. Oh, what fucking Lazarus again? Jerry, look. Jerry turns, intending to turn back around immediately in the off chance that Wendy's actually tricking him again. Instead, he freezes because a meteor is plummeting towards Earth. My... my god. Oh my god. Okay, uh, I'm guessing that's not gonna burn up in the atmosphere, huh? Wendy shakes her head. Dope, dope, dope. They say we have mere days. Is that why you dug me up? Figured you deserved some kind of closure. Wow, you're a real softie now, huh? Hard to imagine that 40 years ago you chopped me into pieces and buried those pieces in the desert. Yes, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a softie. I have zero ulterior motives. You fucking serious right now? I have almost zero ulterior motives. <sighs> Hit me. Not literally. Um, sorry. Guess there's, uh, some trauma there. 
Unsurprising, I caved your head in with a shovel on more than one occasion. What do you want from me? I, I, I want you to... Suddenly, they hear what sounds like a faltering engine from above. They look up as the sound gets louder. Wendy? Yep. Did it slip your mind to mention we have aliens in the future, too? No, no. Um, so far, we've had nothing extraterrestrial except Santa. Hmm? But you're right. That does look like a, a spaceship. Huge if true. It's a uh, kind of coming right for us, huh? Seems that way. I'm wondering if we should maybe start run- Wendy is already running. Jerry looks up. He screams, and then he turns to run, and now order. If he turned to run and then screamed, perhaps he wouldn't have been crushed by the spaceship. But he just had to scream. Jerry opens his eyes. Hey, big guy. How you feeling? Jerry looks at where his legs should be. In their place, there was a spaceship. Hmm. Uh-huh. I've been crushed by a spaceship. You've been crushed by a spaceship. You couldn't have moved it so my legs could have grown back by the time I woke back up. Rhonda, an elderly woman. We were worried it was would have prolonged the process. And it was vital that we waited till you, well, you know, were alive again. Vital for what? Also, who are you? You were in the spaceship? I'm Rhonda. Rhonda Rains. Pleasure to meet you? That's great. I mean, that's a lovely name. But if I could just press you a little harder on my other two questions? Jerry, here's the thing. Um, thanks to you taking so long to wake up. I was crushed by a spaceship. The crash knocked me out as well. You didn't see me milking it, though, did you? We really don't have long to save the world from the eminent meteor, which, as you'll notice, is now visibly closer than it was when you were crushed. How the hell are we going to stop a meteor? How much have I missed? That's, um, yeah, well, uh, that's the thing. There, there's a lot to it, and we just don't have time to fill you in right now. So if you don't mind, we're, we're just going to shift this spaceship right off you, and then we'll be on our way, okay? There can't be that much to fill me in on. No, seriously. Every second thing, you'd be like, huh? It would take hours. What the fuck sort of shit is going on? What, you got a couple aliens frozen in a cryogenic chamber in there because they got bored of the journey and wanted to try it out to pass the time, but the chamber malfunctioned, so now they're stuck in there? And I don't know, Bigfoot's in there too? Rhonda and Wendy exchange silent glances. Uh, of course not. Why would you think that? I've been awake for ten minutes, dummy. I heard everything. Oh. That's pretty handy, actually. There was one part I didn't quite catch, though. I was still mostly dead. Um, did you say you were from the year 1760? Surely not, right? Sorry, really? There's no time to chat. Wild. Rhonda and Wendy position themselves beneath the spaceship and start pushing. Surprisingly late for a, a spaceship. Right? Oh god. Oh god. I don't agree. I don't agree at all. No longer penned under a spaceship, 
Jerry looks down at his legs. They are, in medical terms, mush. Is there time for me to scream in agony, maybe? Hmm. I think we can give you, like, three seconds. Jerry screams in agony for three seconds before Rhonda cuts him off. All right. Good stuff. Let's get you into the spaceship. You can't just leave me here so I can wait till my legs heal. I'm barely even sure how I'm awake. Not an option. Why? No time. Why? No time. You realize in all the times you've told me there's no time to explain, you could have probably explained. We need elf magic. Jerry looks from Rhonda to Wendy, then back to Rhonda. Their faces remain sincere. Well, I guess I'll... I'll process that on the way. That's my guy. Uh, one more thing before we pick you up. Good. Every second we put this off is good for me. Have you heard of Barry Faber? Barry Faber, 74, leans against the wall of his eight-story podcast recording studio and lights a cigarette. He puts it out because he doesn't smoke, but it's something to start the scene with, right? Rather than just him leaning against a wall. His producer, Becky Roundmouse, formerly a sheep, comes out to join him. We, uh, we need to talk. And talk, Becky. God, I'm still not over how young you sound. Those mass-produced voice modulators are surely the most unnecessary tech of the future. You mean the, the present? Right. So? The network is in trouble. This again. I'm just saying, Barry, you've been renting an eight-story recording studio for your podcast network for three years now, and your only show is Preach and Bleach. Is it my fault I don't get any listeners? Yes. You refuse to change the name from Preach and Bleach, so everyone assumes it's a podcast about bleach. Bleachers. Like the band that no one hates? Then just call it Preach and Bleachers, man. It still almost rhymes as much as Preach and Bleach almost rhymes. The listeners will come. At least one of them, eventually. You need to start listening to me. Without any other shows, the network will be done before the end of the week. It's time to let go, especially since there's a meteor plummeting towards Earth, and we'll all probably be dead in a few days. I just need a little more time. Three more years, that's, that's all I need. Three years is not a little more time. The Pulitzer money is gone. You need to face facts. The podcast medium is... oversaturated. No. No. Listen to me, Barry. 50 years ago, everyone had a podcast. Then 40 years ago, everyone had a podcast. And now, literally everyone has a podcast. Like, by law. How was I to know the government would pass such a barbaric law? I mean, you couldn't have. But you started renting this building four months after it was passed. You had plenty of time to not make the dumbest decision of your life. I... Uh, I wrote the Young Leonard story. You know? I I know, buddy. I know. Sometimes I wonder if I made a mistake getting into the podcast best four months after having a podcast was made a requirement by law. Yeah, so I just got a news notification saying we have three days to live, so I'm going to go get drunk. You want to come? I'll be in in a minute. I'm supposed to be meeting a potential new host out here, actually. Oh, really? Well, that's great, but uh, try not to get your hopes up, okay? Why? You don't think they'll go with us? 
No, I mean we'll be dead in three days. So don't get your hopes up about anything. Because we'll be dead in three days. Becky goes back inside. Barry looks to his left. And a figure in a long trench coat appears from around the corner. You're the... You're the one that wanted to meet with me? Why did you want to meet outside? I, um... I have an office. I have several, actually. It's an eight-story building. You have an eight-story building for your podcast network with one show? I I rent it. Still, terrible business sense. Well, <clears throat> um, didn't ask for your for your advice. Uh, what show is what show is it you host? You didn't even mention it in your email. And yet, you agreed to meet me outside your building anyway. Sounds like the network's struggling. Did you come here just to to rub that in my my fucking face? I came here to introduce you to someone. Introduce me to someone who can triple my listenership? No. I mean, there's a meteor a few days away, so you shouldn't even really be concerned about that. Then who could you possibly be about to introduce me to? Rhonda motions at someone who's clearly been waiting around the corner. They appear, wheeling themselves along in a wheelchair. Immediately, Barry recognizes the man's hat. He gasps. Wow, I, uh, I have that in, in black. He pauses, gives the man a good look. Wait a minute. Yes, Barry. I hear you've been looking for me. Well, I, uh... I mean, I know, I, I know I've mentioned it a few times on my my show that on the day I unearthed the Young Lantern story, I was looking for you, but, um... That was really just a one-day thing. It's not like I've been looking for you... since then. You... seriously? You gave up looking immediately? You weren't at all curious what happened to the billionaire that disappeared? I mean, young Lannard. <laughs> so, small beans in comparison. Unbelievable. Is it really you? It's like you, you've aged barely ten years. What? I haven't aged at all, you ass. Guess you had those wrinkles back in 2021 then, huh? You fucker. I should have your head for that. Jesus, Jerry, one step back into the real world and you're a mad king all of a sudden. Focus up, buddy. Right. Whatever. Sorry. How the hell are you alive? I'm... Suddenly, another voice cuts in. Immortal. Becky Roundmouse is back outside and she's staring at Jerry. Sorry, do I know you? My name is Becky Roundmouse. Weird name. Yes, but before I had... Another. Father Chubbs, if you'll recall? Jerry freezes. My god. You've... Why, you've changed. You've lost weight. Becky, blushing. Ah, oh, thanks. You, uh, not gonna mention that you were also a sheep before? Not really relevant. Wait, so you two actually know each other? Kind of wish we'd known that. That would have saved us some time. Could someone tell me what the fuck is going on? Becky puts her hand on Barry's shoulder. You trust me, right? Of course, with my life, and with the lives of everyone else in the immediate vicinity. Which is to say that if you betrayed my trust, I would kill uh, everyone else in the immediate vicinity, and, and then myself. Jesus. Right. So you'll believe me if I tell you something pretty crazy? Well, um, <laughs> I do it would be crazier than, than Young Lannard, so, yeah. Barry glances at Rhonda and Jerry. 
You guys know I wrote that um, Young Leonard story, right? We know. We know. I'll edit it so it's fine. <laughs> Actually, I didn't know that. Um, what's the Young Leonard story? Jesus. <laughs> Have you been living under a rock? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, many small rocks. Oh, you were buried? Hmm? Becky's right. Jerry's immortal. He was buried, chopped up, and buried. That's where he's been for the last 40 years. I was going to use that fact in order to try to convince you of the other crazy shit going down right now, so you'd help us get what we need to stop that meteor, but I guess Becky knew the whole fucking time. Well, Barry, thoughts? Yeah, um, whatever. I mean, um, it looks like it's really you, Jerry, so I can't think of any other explanation. And I'm I'm also fairly certain I know exactly what granted you immortality in the first place. Really? What? What else? Um, uh, liquidized elf magic. Rhonda and Jerry exchange glances. That is literally what we came to you to find oh really wow that um worked out pretty well then huh suspiciously well yeah are you sure we're not characters in a comedy fiction story the fuck are you talking about Rhonda? you're not making sense Rhonda. are you feeling okay Rhonda? anyway back to the story um our associate was telling us you're close with santa who I guess is real? Oh, I uh, I love the guy. <laughs> Me, Becky, Santa, and, and Greg. You should see us on a Friday night, man. We 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 paint the town red. Paint the town red. <laughs> I didn't think of that. I was tempted. I was tempted. <laughs> With blood? It's an expression. Oh, sorry. I come from 1760, so I don't know many of these modern expressions. I'm a fish out of water. But you knew that expression? Actually, that expression originated in 1483. And the joke suffers for it. Joke? Sorry, Barry, did you say you had a friend called Gred? What's his deal? Not really relevant. Okay. Will Santa have access to elf magic? I think he should have some left, yeah. Although I, I, I got a weird call from him the other day. He hasn't been picking up since. You should have mentioned that already, right? I'm sure everything's fine. I'll, I'll write down the, the address. Just just tell him I sent you. And um, good luck, I guess. If any of us actually live to tell the tale, maybe I'll finally get started on my, my memoirs. Been hearing that for 40 years. Alright, well, thanks for your help. We wouldn't have gotten this far without you. Clearly. Wait, Jerry, I have to ask, who, who chopped up and buried you? Oh, it was this assassin, Wendy. She sounds just like you, actually. Like, your voices are identical. Damn. Well, it's a good thing she's not here then, huh? Yup. And so Jerry and Rhonda return to the spaceship, where Wendy has been standing guard. So? We have Santa's address. And he has... elf magic? Let's hope so. Then let's go! They go. It's a quick spaceship ride deep into the woods, and in no time at all, they've landed at Santa's cabin. On his way out of the hatch, Jerry nods at the cryogenic chamber. So they're just gonna be in there, huh? Ah, we can take a hairdryer to it. They'll be out of there in no time. Not sure that's how cryogenic chambers work. Let's just hope they don't have any unresolved arcs. Rhonda knocks on the door. 
A long minute passes, and no one answers. Rhonda knocks again. Eventually, the door is opened. Can... can I help you, folks? Hi. Uh, Santa. And this is... this is really Santa. Like, that's the real Santa. We're friends of Barry's Santa. He said you'd be able to provide us with some elf magic. Santa, breathing heavily. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I, I should be able to help you with that. Uh, come, come in, come in. Jerry, Rhonda, and Wendy exchange glasses, but Rhonda shrugs. It's the only shot we got, right? They enter Santa's cabin. He leads them down into his cellar, Wendy pushing Jerry down in his wheelchair. So, Barry's doing well? Seemed to be. Uh, said he might write a book. Ah, good. Good for him. He gets to a trunk lying against the wall. He sighs and leans down to open it. The elf magic's in there? Santa nods, unlocking the trunk. Indeed it is. He opens the trunk and pulls out a small vial of elf magic. And that'll be enough? Santa nods. Gotta say, I'm surprised you trust us so much. I mean, we didn't even tell you what we needed the elf magic for. Are you complaining? He's Santa. Generosity is kind of his whole deal. Rhonda reaches her hand out for the vial. Santa doesn't move. Well? Santa reaches around his waist with his other hand and reveals a gun. He points it at Rhonda, but just for a second. Before he can pull the trigger, Rhonda raises her hand, flicks her wrists, and the gun flies from his hand and across the room, hitting the wall and dropping to the floor. What the fuck is going on? Rhonda? Such a shame, Santa. I meant it when I said I'd let you live forever. I shouldn't be this surprised, I guess. Mrs. Claus made the wrong choice, too. Rhonda raises her gun to Santa. Rhonda? What What the fuck are you doing? It's romantic, no? She shoots Santa in the head. Santa is dead. Before he topples over, Rhonda rushes over and grabs the vial from his hand. She turns, raising the gun at Wendy and Jerry. What the fuck? You killed Santa? What is going on? You really don't recognize me, do you? I mean, I know it's been 40 years, and the voice I chose from the modulators about as different from my real voice as it could possibly be, but part of me hoped you'd see through it and we could have skipped this whole charade. Jerry's eyes widen. What? Jerry, who the fuck is this? Should I be a little offended that you haven't asked about me once since Wendy dug you up? Probably, but I've forgiven you for a lot this 40 years without you. I can add this to the list. Jerry, seriously, what the fuck? I thought Wendy was a clever girl. Wasn't she an assassin before? How much money did you rake in when they paid you to kill my husband? I bet it was a bunch, huh? Billionaire CEO of Bad to Worse Industries. Damn. Must have done wonders for whatever dark web equivalent of LinkedIn is, huh? You're, um, Jerry's... Good job. Got there in the end. This isn't... I, I mean, it makes no sense. How did you... I mean, the, the spaceship, for one thing, and, and you you got access to elf magic before? Don't worry. I'll explain everything. We'll, we'll have plenty of time. Rhonda raises her hand, and Jerry in the wheelchair are rising up the stairs. Rhonda follows him up. We have all the time, really. You're not the only immortal around here anymore, sweetie. Now we can be together forever, and the rest of the world can burn. Just like we always dream. Put me down. Put me down! 
Wendy starts to come after them, but Rhonda thrusts her hand out and Wendy is thrown to the floor. She peers up at Jerry, and before his head disappears from view, they lock eyes for just a second. Then he is gone, and Rhonda with him. Wendy gets to her feet, but she can hear the spaceship already taking off. She runs upstairs and out of the cabin, but the ship is already gone. I... um, I, I don't even know what the fuck. Bob Buell... Thank you so much for coming in today. Hey, thank you for uh, taking me today. This is uh, this is wonderful meeting you. Thank you. Wonderful to meet you too. Um, as we as you know, uh, we are going to be replacing Matthew. Yes, of course. And you did get the letter explaining everything. Everything, absolutely everything. Thank I God. skimmed through it, then I read it, and I yeah. skimmed through it again because I'm thorough. That I want is, you to know that that is one out of four, and I'm kind of pissed at the post office. The other people did not get the letter. Wow. Um, very upset about that. I'm kind of glad, but for different reasons. Yes. Well, the last one you wrote was first name and nothing else, so not a, not a huge surprise they didn't they didn't get it there. I mean, it's surprising. So many riffuses in the world, right? There's like two, at best. Now I didn't know he was going to be in the room for the interview. Is that? Uh, yeah, that he c- won't. Okay, he won't yeah, leave. Yeah. He doesn't really listen to me anymore. Oh, I'm sort of yeah. omnipresent in a way. Yeah, you're, you're not. Just like, no, you're just a guy. People love that. Just cleaning the walls of the room in the corner. Yeah. yeah. Discouraging. He will at best. probably try to interrupt and I won't okay. appreciate it. I'm focused. And again, I want you to know that. Very focused. So this should be fun. I love that. Thank you. Um, Real quick though, your voice does sound very familiar. Really? Hmm. Yeah, and I'm not Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing that sure too. sure why. Probably from like... I don't know. This is just me spitballing here, like intros and outros of anything or anything in particular. That um, hmm. probably not. It could be. Oh, I was oh, in a uh, Wendy's commercial uh, twenty-seven years ago. That might be That's it. it. That's the one. Really? Yeah. I, I what did you ch- play? Uh, a chicken nugget. <laughs> <laughs> was that a costume, or it was just like a still image of a chicken nugget, and they like stitch on a mouth? No. Stanislavski method. I just I got in the mind of the nugget. Like, mm-hmm. you become the nugget, you know? Mm-hmm. There I was. Exactly. I love that. Slowly lowering that it is... to sweet and sour sauce. And... Bob, I, I hate to say this before I even ask any questions, but yeah. you're getting you're getting points right off the bat here. This is good. And how many points do I need? Um, You need, if I had to total it right now, 62. And each thing you say is one point. Perfect. First time Perfect. you've mentioned, so, yeah. you've done three of these, four of these interviews. This is the first time you've mentioned anything yeah. about points. Well, the, I'm not going to tell the other people. The lesser interviews. They were probably never in Wendy's commercials. I mean. They definitely weren't. No. They definitely weren't. Nugget or otherwise. First question. Mm. What's the best breakfast? You know, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, I would say... Uh, Probably like a maple bacon biscuit now available at Wendy's. Um, I know oh, they. Shit. You slipped right right back into the role. Oh my god! The oh, you know what? He's always primed and ready. This always happens to me. This always happens. <laughs> it just it's natural. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes you're just looking for delicious breakfast flavor at a great value for all of uh, America to enjoy. Sorry, I did it again. I did it again. Oh, I did amazing. one take of that commercial years and years ago, but every time food comes out, you're just you're right back in it. It's a gift and a curse, like <laughs> the Jay Z album. I love, I love your your readiness. That's what I really need here. Oh, good. Uh, question number two. Mm. 
Have you ever had anything named after you? Uh, oh, I actually, it's funny you asked that, Eric. I actually, um, there was this, uh, um, food truck place, or I can't quite recall me, but it was a bar, um, and, uh, I got really friendly with the, the guy that owned it, and he, uh, ended up actually naming, uh, a hot dog after me, and, uh, you know, naturally, that wow. he went with the Buell, um, which I think was the right choice. Uh, it just suits me, you know. It's actually really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, it's just sorry to interrupt, Bob, but just <laughs> no, no. That sounds cool. I just I never really get a chance cool. to tell that story. Huh? <laughs> no one ever asked. Interesting. So they named the hot dog after you, and they named <laughs> it the Buell. Is that am I following? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just okay. Matthew, that is like actually. A I'm surprised you've never told me that. Huh? Yeah, it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Sorry, Bob. Go ahead. Your answer? Uh, uh, well, definitely not any uh, kind of pork-based bar food. Let me... Uh, it's just coming to mind, right on the tip of the tongue, uh, looking around. Uh, I've had a library. Library named after me. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. Where? Um, well, my middle name is Public. Uh, <laughs> so... There's probably been a handful. Like I drove, I drive past him a, a, a bit, and I go, "Hey, as me." It's good. It's like a good first date move, you know. Just point at the library and like kind of, you know, yell at them to buckle their seatbelt and stuff. It's good. It's what good. an interesting middle name. I mean, that's that's another point. That's another point. Yes, to be sure. Question number three. Uh, actually, I start. I'm going to start calling it uh, the Ron Bennington. Hmm. After famous radio personality. <laughs> It is actually. It really. It, um, oh. I'm surprised you knew that. That's really um, like niche. You couldn't listen to their MP3s at the library, so I, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, we actually. Have, I think we have MP3s here, right, Matthew? Um, at the very least, MP5s. The guns <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't have those. We shouldn't have those in here. Yeah, you probably should. Well, they're for ranting. You know, you can borrow them. Yeah, as long as you put them back. I mean, they should... as long as you take them back. One of them smoldering. That's not good. Ooh. Ugh. Did you? Uh, he probably shot one. He probably shot one. That's why we're replacing him. That's why we're replacing him. Yeah. yeah. That's why we're replacing him. So you're standing in a wrestling ring and a wave of nine-year-olds. A random mix of boys and girls are coming down to the ring to fight you. How many, nine, how many nine-year-olds can you beat in a fight? Great question. Absolutely great question. Um, for, for, for the sake of, uh, you know, the interview... I would say I would never uh, touch a child. They're they're precious, uh, precious to this earth. Uh, uh, but but you know, off book. If I could be real for it, with you for a second here, I, I I'd I'd level at least a baker's dozen. I'm just I'm throwing Ooh. bows, ludicrous style, and these kids are hitting the pavement. Like, uh, yeah, I I just walk into a Chuck E. Cheese play place and start kicking and just just. <laughs> Just hope someone says something. <laughs> I uh, I actually really fucking love that. <laughs> kids suck. Yeah. I'll say it right now in the interview. Wow. You know what? <laughs> that's worth a point right there. Thank you, Bob. That's two points. That's two <gasps> extra points. I'll mark one point on my paper. Question, question number four. What professional wrestler would you compare yourself to? Me, you know, I'm just a classic country boy. 
living up in the old west of New Jersey. And I would say I'm most like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ever heard of him? Absolute goddamn lootly I have. That's where I got my vest. If you notice this vest that I'm wearing. That is really sick vest. Thank Turn you. around real quick. Mm-hmm. It does say 316. Absolutely, it does. It does. Yep. Very nice. See the little skull embroidered on the lapel? Yeah, here? all right, all right. All right, Bob. I, I ganked That's it from actually a garage 316 sale. points, if you can believe it. <gasps> <laughs> Worth every penny. Question number five. Mm. It's actually just simply, why? Mm. You know, sometimes it's all about the X's. The Y's and the Z's. Right. And Z's is a, wow. a sleep uh, medication that I'm also sponsored by. It's a, <laughs> uh, It helps people go to sleep. I think it has some sort of like uh, uh, like horse tranquilizer in it or something. Uh, it's definitely it's illegal. Pretty, pretty it, cool. it, it's been banned in most states, majority of the countries. I could use some. Do you have some on you? Uh, pockets Sorry, full. Aziz on Zara? Jesus. Just scatter, <laughs> scatter a few usely. Ooh. <laughs> I got more. I got more pockets. Oh yeah, I these cargo pants. Bob, are that that full. that ends our interview. Mm. And I hate, I hate to say this. Oh no, did I do well? I hope I did well. There are, there were other candidates. Oh jeez. If you notice, I said were <gasps> because I well I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to push anything yet because we do still need to read. We need to see how you can flourish on a page of course now read words right words yes yes God. yes but i will say you are you are the front runner <gasps> well that's good that is uh amazing to hear um i will tell my manager immediately uh i was gonna shoot another wendy's commercial later today oh wow canceled for this oh, yeah that's canceled. I, this gets priority. You honor me. Right here. You honor me. Yeah. You really do. It was a lot of money, too. So I'm not, you know, I'm just I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you where my priorities are. Give us a give us a ballpark. Yeah, ball, I mean, listen, I'm not here to brag, but about 19.5 million um, <laughs> for a 15 second radio spot, too, which was really I, I could have sworn it was a typo. I think someone just Venmoed me the wrong amount of money. Um, I said meet in this back lot. But. Uh, there was a Wendy's bag back there, so I'm fairly certain. <laughs> now that you I think what? about it, it, I'm ready to offer you 20 million. Oh my god! Can I ke- only caveat the pills? Can I keep the pills? Because again, yeah, you can keep the pills. Yeah, you can oh, keep. Thank God, I need those pills. I, I know, I know. I can I'll, it feels really awkward to say it while <laughs> while he's in the room, but I will, I will take it. Like he's staring daggers into me right now. Damn, yeah, dude. Um, you know what? He seems really pissed. Best man, the best man won, I think. Yeah, the best man did win, and it wasn't you. Mm. So, mm. does yeah. that make me the <laughs> the opposite of the best man? The worst, the worst know. man. Worst. Not... Jesus, that's what I didn't want to say. say it. Don't know why I, I basically invited bit. you to say it, but um, that one stung. Feels good to um, say now that now that it's out there. You are the weakest link. Mm. So, and then, no, not the end of the. <laughs> Well, the end of the huh? catchphrase, right? Is a, there's one more word, right? No, I don't think so. No. Jesus. So you're the you're the weekest link. The ellipses. The yeah. 
It's just you're the weakest link, and then they leave. Dot dot dot. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's read this book. Mm, this looks big. <laughs> sure does, Bob. <laughs> what's the what's the name of? Um, I mean, I'm down. I'm really down. Uh, obviously, but what's the name name? What's the name of the book? I mean, obviously, it's the grand finale, part three. Ooh. Yeah, that's not surprising. <laughs> Inside the spaceship, sitting across from Jerry, his wife screams for a solid minute, and then finally coughs something up from the back of her throat. It lands on the spaceship floor with a clang. <coughs> oh, God, that feels good to get that voice modulator off. It's like taking off your bra at the end of a long day, except the pain almost makes you black out. Uh, why are you looking at me like that? You shot Santa in the head. You also, I guess, shot Mrs. Claus in the head, too, like, 40 years ago? They had it coming. Just constantly jolly. I have so many questions. Dozens of them. I don't understand any of this. Do you really want to bother with asking them? All you really need to know is that we're both immortal, and soon we'll be the only humans left. We could repopulate, Jerry. Remember how you always used to say, God, I hope someday there's a meteor that wipes out all life on Earth and we're the only survivors so we can repopulate the planet in our image. I don't recall ever saying that to you. I mean, not verbatim. And yes, of course I want to bother asking what the fuck is going on. You thought I'd just brush all this off? It all comes down to glute shoot. Who... The fuck? Glute shoot? The all-seeing elf? You're not familiar with glute shoot. The all-seeing elf? I've been buried for 40 years. Also, I'm not familiar with any elves, obviously. Well, his whole deal is that he can see into the future, right? So when we infiltrated the North Pole and found all that elf magic, he told me, I made him tell me, in a vague cryptic prophecies, how to use that elf magic. And now, here we are. You can't drop a, and now here we are, as if that's everything laid out. I'm still completely in the dark about almost all of this. <sighs> Glute shoot was a godsend. I always knew you'd up and leave me one day. Obviously, you dreaded watching me grow old and die while you had to live on without me. But when you finally did leave... I never quite healed. I was assassinated multiple times. Oh, right. You're the victim. Yes, of several murders. And then I found Glute Shoot. We learned how to extract all that elf magic. And now, here we are. No, still so much to explain. And now, voila! Do you think it's the phrase you're using to wrap up way too early that's bugging me? Jesus, you really need everything spelled out, as you'll know. I can almost guarantee I will not know. One of the powers that the elf magic can deliver is the ability to send immortality back through time to someone of your choosing. Wait, you don't mean... Yes, I'm the one who made you immortal in the first place. How's that for a bootstrap paradox? It, I guess, is one. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and then, obviously, another power was just plain old immortality. But there just wasn't enough elf magic to do the job, so we extracted more and more. Then that fucker Barry and that fucker Santa bipped by... <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> That fucker Santa bipped Biden on the head with a fucking Pulitzer or whatever, and the whole operation was canned. But before Glute Shoot was released, per Biden's order, I managed to drag one more prophecy out of him. And this one was quite a bit more specific than the previous ones. I think he'd just been fucking with me before. Actually, I kind of hate the guy. What was the prophecy? Uh, the exact coordinates of your burial site and a date. Damn. And I'm guessing the date was... Today. Bingo. Jerry nods at the cryogenic... Oh my god. I had so long... <laughs> so long to amp myself up for that one line. <clears throat> Jerry nods at the cryogenic chamber. But why'd you make up that whole thing about the aliens and Bigfoot accidentally freezing themselves in there? Was there even anyone in the spaceship when it crashed? Oh, the aliens in Bigfoot are in there. There was a human woman who introduced herself as Rhonda Rains and essentially gave me the whole lowdown on why the fuck they just crash land on Earth in a spaceship. Uh, so I figured I'd steal her clothes, her identity, and then I tossed her into space. I was going to do the same to the other three, but Wendy was waking up, so I shoved him in a freezer and locked the bish. But why assume her identity at all? Well, I did have another identity planned out, so you wouldn't work out it was actually me, but being from the year 1760 and having lived on a spaceship for 40 years in pursuit of a meteor that's been sent from a league of nice planets to destroy this planet seemed more... more believable. Insane decision to make. Well, we're here now, aren't we? I bided my time, and you all led me right to the remaining elf magic. It was a long wait, but worth it. Really long wait. 40 years. What were you even doing in all that time? Mm -hmm. Started a podcast? Of course. Well, enough chit-chat. Time to chug some lukewarm immortality juice. Wilma picks up the vial of elf magic. Wilma, please. I don't want this. You, you don't want this. What if we can't even have kids? Or worse, what if we can have kids and then we... Jerry shudders. Have kids. Wilma opens the vial. If you do this, do you really think I'll want to be with you? What, me the king and you the queen, parading around in the rubble of a broken planet? Never mind repopulating. I'll refuse to be in the same room as you. Well, plenty of time to change your mind. But I won't change my mind. I will never feel anything for you but hatred. Hatred for massacring the only, the only person who ever heard me out. Are you serious? Who, Wendy? What, you're all buddy-buddy with the woman who killed you multiple times? Who chopped you up and buried you, left you six feet under for 40 years? It's comp- it's complicated. Jerry, come on. This isn't you. You really think she cares about you? Because she came back 40 years later? This is nothing. All of them. Her, Barry, Santa, Becky. All those- Little, and I'm, I'm sorry if this isn't very woke, peasants, they're nothing compared to you. And they all know it. So no, they don't care about you. No one ever did. 
except me. I always cared. You don't have to be alone anymore. Yes, you're the king. Closest thing to a king America has, anyway. And now I can be there by your side. No. Wilma's face turns grave. She takes a deep breath and pulls up on the spaceship's steering stick. She brings the ship just above a tall building in the middle of the city they've been flying through. She pushes a button and the hatch behind Jerry opens. What are you doing? You have a little less than three days to change your mind. I'm not going to change my mind. Right, yeah. But seriously, Jerry, when you finally accept that all hope is lost and soon I'll be all you have left, I had a bunker built. Under that Chinese place where we had our first date, I assume you remember? Jerry looks over his shoulder at the thousand feet drop. I hope that's a yes. Meet me there, and we'll kick off the end of the world together. We're gonna stop that meteor, Wilma, and then we're coming for you. Wilma smirks. See you soon, sweetie. She kicks Jerry's torso, and the wheelchair rolls towards the open hatch. Before he plummets over the edge, Wilma glances at the cryogenic chamber, in which lie three strangers serving no purpose but weighing down the ship. She pushes a few buttons, and as Jerry goes sailing over the edge, the chamber unfreezes. She brings the ship up so it's horizontal, and Bigfoot, Bobble Wob, and Fun Bun fall out of the chamber and down through the hatch. Wilma looks down to watch them fall. She sighs and glances at the vial of elf magic still in her hand. <coughs> what is going on, everybody? I'm DJ Troutmouth. I have the mouth of a trout. Please don't bring attention to it. Let's get this party started. (laughs) (laughs) A loud bassy remix of It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine starts playing, and fireworks go off around the stage. The large crowd on the rooftop of the city's ninth tallest building erupts with cheers, oblivious to the spaceship currently hovering directly above them as the end of the world party commences. Barry Faber comes out of the stairwell. The first thing he notices is the large end of the world party banner held up by two long poles next to the heated pool. What the fuck? You're having a party up here? This is my recording studio. How am I supposed to record my puck as well as fucking racket going on? Barry is approached by one of the organizers of the party, Lenny Lovehate. Uh, pleased to meet you. I'm one of the organizers of the party, Lenny Lovehate. Nice to meet you, Lenny Lovehate. What the fuck, man? Lenny shrugs. The eight other tallest buildings in the city already had end-of-the-world parties going on. But if it makes you feel any better, no one's probably ever going to hear your podcast anyway, right? Because we're all going to die? I guess. Barry spots Becky, his producer, doing shots of absinthe light. Becky? Yo, Barry! Did you know that humans can chug absinthe too? I thought that was just a sheep thing. She does another shot and starts pounding her chest, bang loudly. Bah! Barry stares up at the meteor, which seems a lot closer than three days away. He takes out his phone and peers down at several of his unanswered texts to Santa, then back up at the meteor. Well, I guess Santa was all out. He grabs a bottle of Talisker, an old friend's favourite, and goes to take a swig. The crowd gasps. Barry lowers the bottle and looks up to where they're pointing. Jerry Tuntbunt is plummeting, face first, towards the party. He lands right on one of the poles holding up the banner. It is impaled. The crowd screams as he slides slowly down the pole. Barry looks back up and sees the spaceship flying away. What appears to be a yeti and two aliens are now also tumbling downwards, 
and the crowd are racing each other to the stairs, yelling in dismay. It's come early! The end of the world's come fucking early! Man, I bought three cases of seltzer for this! Voracious Reader Girl and Holly Hardbark, who had just that week seen their entire team of superheroes massacred by a meteorologist man, also run past Barry. But they don't know him, so they share no interaction. It's probably for the best. <laughs> Bigfoot, his beefy arms clutching Bubble Wub and Fun Bun tight, lands in the pool. There's an enormous splash, and those remaining on the roof, Barry, Becky, Lenny Lovehate, and Impaled Jerry, are all soaked. Bigfoot lifts Bubble Wub and Fun Bun out of the water. Lenny raises his hands in indignation. What the hell? You ruined my party! Chill, man. We could have died. Thanks for hanging on to us, Bigfoot. We might not have made it. Rhonda, though. Rhonda didn't make it. That bitch with the telekinesis tossed her into space. Who was that? Jerry coughs up blood. Mawat. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My wife. Bigfoot, Bubble Wub, and Fun Bun scream. What the fuck? Becky steps forward. He's immortal. Get over it. And you're... Bigfoot? I'm calling the authorities. This is outrageous. I paid good money for this party, and you all think you could just drop in from a spaceship and wreck it all? I'm Bigfoot. Yeah. And you're... you're aliens, huh? Yep. Jerry, what do you mean your wife? Did, did you get the Santas or not? I'll explain if you get me off this fucking pole. Bigfoot volunteers, obviously. He slowly moves Jerry up and off the pole and lays him down in a sun lounger. Thanks, Bigfoot. Um, still, still a little shocked that you're real, if I could be candid. Uh, hello, officer? This is, uh, Lenny Lovehate. Yes, that Lenny Lovehate. But I'm sure you already know that. Uh, excuse me, you have no idea who I am? That, that's, that's just alright. Let me speak to your manager? Yes, I'm serious. Get your manager on the horn right now. Jerry looks up at Barry. Listen, man, there's a lot to it, but the woman who called herself Rhonda... She's not Rhonda. She killed Rhonda and assumed her identity. She's actually my wife. She'd been planning this whole thing since I disappeared. She wants to live forever, like me. Alongside me after the meteors killed everyone else. And to do that, she needed the last of Santa's elf magic. Jerry looks over at Bigfoot, Bubblewob, and Funbun. That's how she tossed Rhonda into space. What, um... What happened at Santa's? I'm sorry, Barry. He put up a fight and... She killed him. Santa's dead. I'm sorry. Barry slowly takes his seat. Becky puts her hand on his shoulder. Sorry. Santa was real? Not now, Bigfoot. Well, it's clear you're being no help either. Let me speak to your manager. Oh, she'll just say the same. Okay, well, give me her manager. <sighs> Figures. Give me their manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then his manager. Oh, yeah, she'll say the same, too. Then give me her manager. Oh, is that... Oh, wait, really? You, you'll give me her manager? That's... that That's so high up. Who would that... Who would that even be? Jerry, where is she taking the spaceship? To a bunker. Under this Chinese restaurant not too far from here. It's worth a shot, but she won't let anyone else in. She told me to meet her there. Did she take the elf magic already? To make her immortal? I didn't see her take it, no. But I'm assuming she's done it by now. But you don't know that, 
we might still be able to stop the meteor. I doubt it. She's basically crazy. Nothing's going to stop her from getting what she wants. We need that elf magic. We've been studying this stuff for decades, and there's so many ways we could stop the meteor with it. Giant force field, giant fist. Giant fist? I said what I said. All of the elves are in witness protection. Ever since the elf giant rat gang war of 2052. God. Truly a bloodbath. Is there no way we could find any? You know how conniving those giant rats can be? Wherever those elves are now, it's top secret. The only person who knows their location is the president herself. Uh, uh, wow. Oh my god. Um, uh, yes. Hello, Madam President. Everyone turns to Lanny. I I have to say, I'm very surprised to hear from you. Uh, Yeah, it was was pretty nuts. I called to complain about these party crashers, and I just kept asking for their managers, and I guess it went up and up, and then then I got you. Yeah. Yeah, all the way. It's nuts. Bigfoot steps forward, so he's right in front of Lanny, staring down at him. I swear to you, if you don't pass me that phone, I will snap you in half. Oh, well, I, um... Bigfoot stretches out his big, hairy palm. I I mean, I, uh... He drops the phone in Bigfoot's hand. Bigfoot raises the phone to his head. Hello, Madam President? I know this will be hard to believe, but I'm the actual Bigfoot. And myself and my friends need your help to save the planet from the... Bigfoot pauses. He looks down at the phone. There is no active call. He looks back at Lanny. I was trying to scare you. I, I figured... Uh, maybe if you thought I actually had the president on the horn, maybe you'd, I don't know, compensate me for ruining my party? Bigfoot kicks Lanny in the chest, and he flies backwards into the pool. He hits the water hard, and floats on its surface, completely still. Becky clears her throat. <clears throat> so I guess we're just heading to the bunker then, huh? All we really can do now. Alright, well, you can take my truck. Gotta say, though, our chances are small here, folks. So if any of you have your families to get back to for the end of the world, no one's gonna judge you if you bail. Bigfoot shrugs. My family's right here. Ditto. Ditto. Becky looks at Jerry. I should probably stay with Barry. Of course. You gonna be okay, Barry? No. boy. Oh, oh, sorry. I, yeah. I I figured you'd just say, yeah. Good luck, though. Um, go save the world, I guess. Will do. Bigfoot picks up Jerry, and with Bobble Wob and Fun Bun in tow, they leave the roof and head down to the van. Normal day. It's a normal day. It somehow hadn't occurred to Wendy before she and Jerry had been separated to agree on some sort of safe house to meet back up at if this exact scenario occurred. And now she's dashing through the woods, clueless as to what she'll actually do when she returns to civilization. She'd called by her studio a few times, but no one had picked up. Not that they'd have any idea where Wilma was taking Jerry anyway. Who else could she call? The authorities? And tell them that spaceship they've probably seen zooming around the city contains none other than Jerry Tuntbunt, the billionaire who's been presumed dead for 40 years? The army would most likely be aiming their missiles already anyway. She sighs and gets her phone out once more. She calls Barry, and once again, no one picks up. It goes to voicemail. She figures it's worth a shot. Just yards away, Wilma slinks behind another tree. It had taken her a while to find Wendy, but she knew she'd be heading back to the studio. She takes out her cleaver and runs her finger along the blade. Hey, uh, Barry, or Becky, so, um, Rhonda isn't actually Rhonda. Turns out she was 
Jerry's wife this whole time, and he didn't catch on, because, you know, she's aged 40 years since he last saw her and was using a voice modulator. Gotta say, though, I feel like if I was married and then got sent 40 years in the future, they'd, they'd, they could sound like fucking Hank Hill, and I'd probably still recognize them. Honestly, I forgot I even had a wife. I mean, obviously I knew, but I don't know if he ever actually mentioned her. I say that like we had more than a handful of conversations. Obviously, I barely really knew the real him, but I don't know. I, I feel like I was getting there. Part of me wanted to know him, despite all the awful shit Bad to Worse had done under his command. But I think there's good in him. There's probably good in everyone, I suppose. Somewhere. Anyway, what was I saying? I'm heading back to the studio. She took Jerry somewhere in the spaceship. I don't know where, but keep your eyes peeled, I guess. Because she, um, she's been sipping the strong stuff, if you know what I mean. Elf magic. Elf magic is what I mean. I don't know why I didn't just say that. But be careful, alright? His wife seems like one nasty bit. Nasty who? <laughs> Wilma. <laughs> yes, that is my name. Well remembered. What are you doing here? Where's Jerry? He's in the doghouse. But alive? <laughs> what? You're worried? I bumped off the immortal man. He's fine. He just needs time to come to his senses. Wendy stares down at the blade in Wilma's hand. Well, me, you, you, you're gonna bump me off? Wow, I guess you are a clever girl. Wilma takes another step forward. I really don't think Jerry will appreciate this. You know, I, I think you might actually be right. If I was insane enough to tell him that I killed you, I think he would genuinely be pretty upset, as wild as that is to admit. I mean, he's Jerry Tuntbunt. The Jerry I knew wouldn't have given one shit about a low life like you. Well, um, that Jerry's gone. I should know. I, uh, I killed him. Well, my smirks. You're gonna kill me and then tell him I ran off. Tell him I gave up on him and went off to die with the people I actually care about. Well, my nods. He'll never believe you. Maybe, maybe not at first. Mama takes another step forward. But I won't be short on time to convince him. See, that's, that's why I know. Mama pauses. Know what? That there wasn't enough magic in that vial to give you immortality. You, you don't know what you're talking about. You said you were going to be a god. A god wouldn't waste their time on something so petty. I, I think you know that you've lost him for good. You know there's no getting him back on your side. Because you are sure intent to convince him. So you're lying, pretending you're immortal to save face and killing me just to hurt him. Because it's all you know, hurting people. Wilma's free fist is clenched. Her face is red. Well, 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 you're, you're Jerry's just the same. You think he's any better? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I do. And when the world burns... He won't be by your side. He'll be by our side. He barely even knows us, but that's where he'll be. Because we may not have saved the world, but we saved him. Hmm. Well, then I guess you win. Wilma raises her hand and flicks her wrist. Wendy goes soaring into a nearby tree, and her head cracks against the trunk. She crumples to the floor. Wilma turns to walk back to the spaceship, but in Wendy's pocket, the phone starts ringing. She stoops to retrieve it and answers the call. Wendy? You okay? You won't believe it, but, uh, Jerry and- Wendy, uh, 
can't come to the phone right now, I'm afraid. What have you done to her? Let's just say that she has a lot more in common with jolly old Nick than she did when she woke up this morning. You evil little... I'll see you soon, okay? Jerry will never let you get away with this. Oh, so I keep hearing. Uh, Wendy helped me realize that he's far too gone at this point. So I'm gonna kill all of you. One by one. And then when the world burns, there'll be no one holding his hand. And we'll wake up and be all alone forever and know that he chose that path. Mama hangs up. She takes one more step and then she's falling through the ground. Her cleaver slips from her hand, landing on the hard ground she just stepped off. She lands hard, several feet down into a hole. Rubbing her head, she looks around in the dark. What the hell, lady? You know how pissed Santa's gonna be if he finds out we've been parasiting his ass. Elves? I really wouldn't call it parasiting. That's what happens in the movie. He lives in the basement and steals food from the kitchen. I mean, yeah, but it's not like... It's not like the main part of the... I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to interrupt. But could you help me get the fuck out of here? Who are you, lady? Not relevant. I beg to differ. We've gone undetected down here for 16 years. I'd love to know who the fuck thinks she can just wander in here and blow our cover after all that time. Wilma. All right? My name is fucking Wilma. What the fuck was my glute shoe voice? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Wilma! Wilma! Glute shoot? Wilma! Um, I, I, I know, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Glute shoot. I. Glute shoot, the all seeing elf, walks into the light. He peers down at Wilma. What do you see in Wilma's future then, glute shoot? Glutshoot kneels down, looks directly into Wilma's face, cracks his knuckles, and without a single word, the elf's question gets his answer. One day later, the meteor now so close Earth can almost taste it, Jerry, Bigfoot, Bobo Up, Fun Bun, Barry, and Becky peer down at Wendy in her hospital bed. How the hell did you even find me? The elves spotted you while they were taking Wilma's body out of the hole to, you know, burn it. They figured something was fucked and then Barry called your phone again, and it all just sort of snowballed. I don't think you'd have survived without their magic, quite frankly. Wow, and you really, really think this might work? She peers at the vial of elf magic in Jerry's hand. Knowing Wilma had only recently consumed the stuff, it was Fun Bun and Bobwob who suggested cutting open the body and trying to find some before it was fully digested. As barbaric and insane as that sounds, it appeared to have actually worked. Barry's saying just beside the bed. What a lot of people don't know is that uh, most of an elf's diet is basically jet fuel. They love this stuff. So if you light the elf magic on fire, that's one big blaze you've got there. So it's the, the magic and the jet fuel? It's a combination? <laughs> We've come too far to get bogged down in the details, Wendy. Can't you just be glad it's all over? But who's going to fly into the meteor? That would, uh, that would be me. Jerry, no. You'll, well, I, I guess you probably have the least chance of dying. But what if you're completely eviscerated and you never come back? Then I'll just have been glad I got to spend my last day on Earth with some damn fine people. Wendy nods. Well, me too. Yeah, I think we all agree on that. Well then, I guess I better get going.
Jerry gets going. Everyone follows him up to the roof, Wendy also in a wheelchair, obviously. The spaceship lies in wait. He gets in. And this is just really easy to pilot, huh? Wouldn't want to be one of those pilots that gets halfway into a flight and realize I don't actually know how to fly the damn thing. Has that ever happened? Jerry looks down at her. He winks. What? Don't worry, it's piss easy to fly. If it wasn't so easy to fly, how would the League of Nice Planets make use of all their child workers? Jesus. Oh, wait. Um, can't forget this. Barry reaches into his pocket and takes out a lighter. He tosses it up to Jerry. Damn, that was close. Can't believe I almost forgot that. It's a good thing you smoke. Uh, yeah. Good thing I, uh, good thing I smoke. Alright, well, I guess this is me. Goodbye, everyone. Fuck. Oh, God. I haven't really given this much thought before now, actually. I don't even know if I would have... Uh, no. Yeah. This is it. Alright, uh, normal day. Jerry closes the hatch. Normal day. The spaceship takes off, and he begins the alarmingly short trip to the meteor. He looks in the rearview mirror, because yes, the alien spaceship has one of those, and sees Wendy and the rest of them waving. Then they are gone. The meteor fast approaches. He picks up the vial and opens it. Then he picks up his lighter. Jerry takes a deep breath and closes his eyes. Well, I mean, I just, I really loved Bob. He's perfect for the role, and I just, something's not right. No? Yeah, it's like something's missing. Hmm. Is it, um, well, how was the, how was the narration part? Um, was that to, 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 to satisfaction or? Yeah, that part was fine, like usual. Um, like usual. Hmm. But it's just something else. Something else. Something else. Um, could I be so bold and maybe suggest that it's me or like thereof? I mean, it's, it, it's just, it's, I, it's the end of my interviews mm-hmm. and I, I don't have someone that I love and I, I don't, we have another book to read. Like there's a there's final a, part four. There's another book. Jesus fucking Christ. Right. How long is this story? Condense it, right? Like it's really fucking i agree you can tell this is one of those authors that is like so successful they 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 like don't listen to their editor at all they just they just finish your first draft drunk blackout drunk and that's the one that's that's the one that that hits the shelves yeah and like they don't reread it to make sure there's like editing mistakes come on man we want (laughs) we wouldn't want to fucking (laughs) (laughs) blast with that do you want to read this last one with me or uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I don't have much else to do. Yeah, you have nothing else to do? Of course, yeah, we're in a, stuck in a library. Still pissed at you? Yeah. yeah. Hmm? Yeah, okay. Yeah. What's the, what's the book called? Uh, Finale Part 4, the epilogue. So, um, what did y'all think? It was nice, but are human funerals normally that jolly- I thought it was lovely, Barry. A jolly end for a jolly man. Yeah, but was the barbershop quartet really necessary? Kind of jarring. I mean, everyone else was crying. Uh, what what are you three going to do now? I don't know. I mean, saving this planet was our only goal in life for the past 40 years. Now we just sort of exist. Maybe it's time to cobble together a spaceship of our own. 
see what else is out there. Our trip around the universe got cut a little short. Sounds good to me. Well, goodbye, everybody. Bigfoot, Fun Bun, and Bubble Wub walk off into the sunset. The regular sunset, not the boulevard. Wendy opens her RV. Jerry hobbles out. So, I miss much? You didn't even have to stay outside, honestly. Bigfoot and the aliens went basically undetected. Damn. People in the future truly do not give a fuck. Becky and Barry walk over to Jerry. How you feeling, Jerry? I've been better. The explosion took out almost all of me, so... I'm getting there, but I'm mostly just... Bone at this point. Horrifying. Yeah. How you holding up? <laughs> I'm okay. I mean, I mean, I'm not mostly just bone, so always a silver lining. And you, Gred? I just can't believe how much I missed. I mean, neither of you thought to call me. It all happened pretty fast. Anyway, uh, I better go. Gred leaves. Damn, guys, really gotten short changed since episode ten. But we we should probably get going too. That that book won't write itself. And that book won't edit itself thoroughly after you've finished the presumably shoddy first draft. Watch it. Barry and Becky leave. Everyone left so quickly. What the hell is the rush? No, I, d- I don't blame them. I do have one thing I wanted to show you though. I, for- I completely forgot we were doing this. <laughs> I do have one thing I wanted to show you though. Remember I told you I sort of had an ulterior motive to digging you up? Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about that. Probably because I was crushed by a spaceship. Right. But now that everything's no longer batshit, she gets in the RV and drives them a few blocks south. They get out, and she points over at a large building. Many rat children are playing in a courtyard at the front. This is what you wanted to show me? What is this place? Wilma was right. I got a lot of money for quote-unquote killing you. And I debated what I should spend that money on for a long, long time, but I eventually figured I should put my money where my where my mouth is. I mean, not, not literally. I, I didn't eat the money. <laughs> is this... The orphanage. Huh? I established the 36th private rat orphanage in New Rat City. <laughs> Great. But why are you singing, though? The orphanage. Feels like I'm missing something here. I helped to raise hundreds of rat children. I get to see them growing up. How did the future even get giant talking rats? Some sort of mutation caused by a sewage leak or something? The orphanage. Right. In their eyes, I see you, Jerry. I see you every time. Offensive. You see me in the eyes of giant rats? And when my time is up, have I done enough? Will they tell you stop? Well, I guess they probably won't. I mean, most people still think you died four years ago, so not really a story to tell. Really, though, this is... Wow. I'm speechless. It's great. Yeah, very conclusive. I'd say so. So what now? I don't know. You wanna go get milkshakes? You read my mind. 
Jerry and Wendy go off to get milkshakes. The first three milkshake places they come to are rat milkshake places, though, which seems fairly unhygienic. They give up and drive off, and on their way out of the city, they drive past voracious reader girl and Holly Hardbark, who are watching a news broadcast on Holly's phone about how some mysterious stranger flew his spaceship into the meteor, destroying it. Damn, we really did fuck all to save the world this time, huh? Yeah, we barely deserve an epilogue. Wow, I, um, I can't believe it's over. Yeah, that was, um, intense. Santa got shot in the head, other stuff happened, but mainly Santa got Mm. shot in the head. (laughs) I, um, I gotta, can I be honest with you, man? Um, the last time you were honest with me, it kind of, um, hurt my feelings a lot, took me down a peg, so, um. Yeah, but only if only if it's not going to be really upsetting for me. Yeah, it might not be. Um, that whole like the ending of everything is it's kind of getting to me, and I'm sorry, man. I don't I don't want to replace you. Well, I, I'm uh, for what it's worth. I'm I'm sorry that I um, struck those keys with a with a tennis with a tennis racket. You know what? I'm over it. Maybe we'll find him one day. You're over. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, maybe one day. What do you um? What do you want to do now? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot. Of, a lot of books around. We we could um, we could read some books. Yeah, I guess. This has been Lost in Narration. Tune in next week to find out what the boys get into next. Uh, though it's it's probably more books because of the library thing. Yeah. So, uh, are you guys uh, going to the prom?